Hello, thanks for joining us for this latest edition of the Suffolk Money Podcast supported by Kingsfleet. As you know, the one thing we love to do is to chat to young entrepreneurs and we've certainly met plenty of those uh, over the last couple of years. Um, and through these conversations, we find out more about them and uh, what makes them tick, what motivates them and how they've got to where they are. And uh, this week we speak with Jake Slynn, uh, who is uh, the latest that we can add to our long list of successful entrepreneurs in Suffolk. Jake hit on a really smart idea which would delight anyone who hates waste. And let's be honest, that's surely most of us and has built it into a global business. My colleague, Leslie Dolphin, has been out to meet him. So anyone who knows me knows that I absolutely love finding out about businesses across the county, you know, made in Suffolk. Every village, every uh, industrial estate across the county has some amazing people. But I have come today to meet a young entrepreneur who earns his money not by making something, but by destroying it. I I don't like to use the word rubbish. I'll get into trouble because I think waste is probably the official term these days. But with us today, we have Jake Slynn of the JS Global Group. But Jake, thank you for for welcoming me to your office. That's okay. I really appreciate your your time and, yeah, coming to see us and what we do. And once upon a time, it would have been welcome to your bedroom, wouldn't it, in 2018? That's it. Yeah, that's where it all first sort of started um, as sort of a a dream, um, you know, on on a piece of paper there. So, yeah. Take, take, take me back. How, how did this all come about? Yeah, so it, it all started off um, probably if we want to go right back to school. Uh, school wasn't my thing in terms of I wasn't very academically, you know, gifted. Um, I was falling behind in maths, English, most of the classes, apart from drama, which I really enjoyed, PE um, and wood tech, funny enough, hands on. But yeah, I was never, you know, putting the, the pen to the paper I wasn't very gifted with that. I could talk the talk um, and I could talk myself out of trouble, but when it comes to writing things down and, and in school, I was I was struggling. But back then, I always wanted to make money. Um, not not for myself, I just wanted to make money. I had no idea back then how I was going to do it. Um, but I, I, I wanted to find a way. Um, so back then my dad uh, which he's still involved in he's he's been in waste and recycling for all of his life like his dad was my granddad um and i was fascinated by waste i was fascinated by how it was recycled where it ended up um you know where the metal went where the the paper went the cardboard so i always that was something that i've always been interested in from since a young age uh so when I was leaving school, I said to Dad, look, I'd love to... He was he was working for a large uh, waste and scrap firm at the time, Sackers, uh, which is a local local firm. He was working there, and I said, look, can I can I come aboard and, and you know, start from the bottom and, and learn learn the ropes? And he's, back then, he said, look, instead of coming straight in, go and do an apprenticeship, because then it's hands-on, uh, you'll start from the bottom, and you'll understand if you really want to get in, involved in the in the industry. So uh, I done a I done a year's apprenticeship at the local authorities, Mid Suffolk and Baber District Council, um, which was actually the I loved that job. It was I can remember my paycheck. I was on five grand a year, which back then as well, you know, for a sixteen year old was lots of money. Um, I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't have a car. Dad drove me in, 
and it was picking up phone calls, dealing with people's bins. Um, yeah, you name it. It was in that in in that waste industry, but it was just being in that environment. And I think that's quite important and a, quite an important message to pass on to other youngsters. Is I think and apprenticeships are really you know are brilliant because you learn hands on. You're straight in the deep end, um, and you're understanding that environment. And uh, it's a it's a good environment to be in, and you know seeing people answer the phone dealing with customers and dealing with problems. So, so just by going to work, did you get that confidence that maybe you hadn't had at school? 100%, yeah. Confidence to, to pick up the phone, to deal with inquiries, uh, you know, issues with people's bins. Um, and from a 16-year-old, you know, it's not many other 16-year-olds had that. And I'm not saying go to u- go, going to uni is a bad thing because if you have something in your mind which you know you want to do, a doctor, being a teacher, then yes, you have to go to uni. But I think nowadays a lot of people go to uni because it just that's the thing to do. So so let's jump forward. Just explain what your business does. I love your ambition because it is the JS Global Group. Yep. So you started out with huge ambitions. What what do, what does JS Global? What do you do? Yeah. So now we do. There's two sides of our business. One side is the destruction of goods. Uh, in terms, of what that means is we destroy anything that is counterfeit uh, that comes into the country uh, from abroad. Um, any goods that get seized at the port due to uh, they haven't passed certain tests, so electrical items haven't passed a PAT test, for instance, um, toys that are unsafe for children, um, anything you can think of that comes into the ports all around the UK that is unsafe, um, food, drink, which is out of date, then then we, we, we have a process of how we can destroy the, the product. Um, and we can do that across the whole of UK, and we're now diversing into Europe um, and sort of covering most you know trying to cover most of Europe now as well and I think that was where you started what what was the was the one container load that came in that 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 made you realize that there was a niche here yeah it's it's a real niche business and when I explain to my my business to a lot of people they're quite confused really and and how we got how we got into it but yeah the destruction side there's always a need for that um but how we diverse into the other side of the business which is the abandoned cargo is we were getting calls from people saying we've got a container of let's say um, toothbrushes it doesn't need to be destroyed but it's been abandoned it's been left here uh, by the by the customer and people leave their containers at the ports all for, for all sorts of reasons they they pass away um, they can't afford to pay their key rent um, the company goes bust so all these reasons these containers come up abandoned uh, and then that's how we got into that and now we buy and sell stock again nearly all around the world um, and that's a real growing side of the business I think that when the Evergreen got stuck, didn't it, and then eventually arrived here, quite a few of the containers there were, you know, out of date and no use. So you, you you did well out of that, and I think I heard you meant people talk to you on all sorts of media. Yeah, yeah, and and that was a real highlight for us. Um, and we had to be careful in the media, and when we when we do media about these sort of things, you know, you've got to put yourself in their shoes. It's it's a horrible thing to have a container, your goods that you can't access because you can't afford to clear it. Um, or you've gone bust. So we had to be careful on how we come across because it's a good thing for us, but it's a bad thing for them. So we're on the sort of the, on the on the fence sort of thing. Um, but yeah, we done. I think it was eighteen containers of rotten cabbages off the Ever Given, um, and you know you're talking eighteen containers at twenty ton each. So it's a lot of lot of volume. 
So, so take take me back. So you you were working with you worked for the council. You worked yep. with Sackers. So, so what was it that made you realise and and be brave enough as well? Because because you were what eighteen nineteen when you set this business up. Yes, yeah, so I was I was nineteen when I set JS up. Um, so going back to when I was eighteen. So after the council, I'd done a year's of council apprenticeship. Really enjoyed the waste. I would actually stayed on at the council, but they didn't have the funding for the apprenticeship. Dad said, look, you can, you can come to Sackers now. You've, you, you understand a bit of the knowledge. You understand how to pick up the phone, deal with customers, um, come give it a try. So, and I was, you know, back then I used to just, I was obsessed by it. And I still am now, but I was obsessed by waste and recycling. Um, and I always used to go the extra mile, you know, stay late, all that sort of thing. I used to love it. So I went to Sackers, started on the Weybridge. So literally weighing in a vehicle with, with waste on, and then they tip it in in the yard, and then I weigh the vehicle out. And I'd done that all day. But again, I was meeting new people every day. I was picking the phone up still, um, understanding different types of waste. So I was, I was just learning the industry, constantly learning the industry. I was like a sponge. Um, and then one night, me and Dad just had a chat, um, and I said, look, I, I want to start my own thing. I don't really know what I want to do, but I want to start my own waste company. Um, I didn't have any money. Um <laughs> You know, uh, I didn't have anything. I had no understanding of how to start a business. And Dad said, look, you're, you're young, you haven't got anything to lose, do it. So, I, yeah, I, I made the jump. And, and I'm intrigued to know why this, because it is something that most of us wouldn't even consider. You'd obviously come across examples, had you, of containers that needed emptying. Yeah, I think, so when I first started JS, it wasn't actually a destruction company. It was, it was more of a waste brokerage company. So we were we were brokering waste materials, which sounds crazy as well. But let's say someone's got a load of uh, waste or wood material in uh, I don't know in Birmingham, then they need a home for that. So I was being in the middle, and I was finding a home for that material. So that was how we first started, and I was just doing a bit of that. Um, but then I started to get calls, and I was looking into the ports, seeing what sort of waste they produce. Um, and I think we were just, I, I came across sort of trading standards were seizing containers and we were wondering, well, who, who are destroying these goods? Um, and that's sort of how we got into it and, you know, where we are today. And, and you started in your bedroom, didn't you? Started, yeah, started at my mum and dad's house in my bedroom. Um, I can remember printing, printing the cards out. And I, funny enough, I've still got one of the business cards that I first made. Um, and it's, it's, oh, it's awful, but yeah, it's, yeah, it all started from the bedroom really. And um grown from you know we, I got my first office uh, in Ipswich a uh, tiny little one little one desk office little hot desk just to get out of the uh, out of the house and yeah we're just grown and grown and grown so, so tell me about some of the just some of the the things you've destroyed in that time I know we've heard about it so like cabbages you've mentioned I think there were breast implants weren't there yeah breast implants is always a always a funny one um but you name it we've destroyed it you know this week, we've probably, on average, we do about 500 containers uh, a year, on average, of destruction of goods. Um, and that can, again, range from clothing to food to drinks to toys. Um, you know, this week alone, we've probably done five to ten containers of, uh, of out-of-date drinks and, and food. So, and and yeah. things like toys, they're ones that shouldn't go to the market, are they, through trading standards? Yeah, 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 because it's, you know, they're, they're either counterfeit, so they're fake, um, they're, they're not past certain tests at the port. You know they're unsafe, um, especially ones with the batteries in. If they're, if, you know, if they've been wired incorrectly in China or wherever they've come from, then that's a hazard to a child. Um, so they've, you know, they need to be destroyed. And when we, 
when I say destruction, people think you're you're you know you're destroying all of these great items. You're putting it into landfill. Um, it's really bad for the environment. No, we don't. We never landfill, so we've not landfilled one one piece of, uh, of of items. Not just because it's un you know unfriendly to the to the plant and uh, not not environmentally friendly. It's it's also a massive cost to send stuff to landfill. You know, you get landfill taxed. Um, so we're always thinking outside the box, thinking other alternative. How can we destroy something uh, and and recycle it? So I was going to say, do you try and reclaim bits of it? You know that sort of thing. Yeah, not not bits, but so anything that that's, that needs to be destroyed. The first uh, the destruction means you know you're you're destroying that product. You're taking that product off the market. So we have to. Pro- we have to produce at the end of it a certificate of destruction showing that it's where it's who's collected the goods, where it's gone, how it's been destroyed, um, and then we can produce that to trading standards or whoever our customer is. Um, so we shred it through a massive shredder, a real big mobile shredder. So it, it, it blitzes the, the, the item or whatever the, whatever the goods are, so it's in small little bits. Once we've shredded it, then we'll RDF it, which is uh, refuse-derived fuel, so we're basically uh, turning the waste into energy to power homes and electric, you know, making electric. So uh, energy from waste, we call it. It's, it's, a, it's I can, I, even I'm getting hooked now. It's yeah. a fascinating business. Is it that path that really fascinates you? No, I love a deal. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what fascinates me. A, a deal, making a deal. Um, I our business is we're problem solvers. People come to us with with difficult problems or difficult containers of goods. Um, and they want a quick turnaround. They want that container back. Once that container's full and sitting there, that's not earning any money. They want that container back into into circulation. So, you know, our job is to, to be quick, to be proactive, uh, and to think outside the box. So the, the phone could ring any minute now, and is that the exciting bit for you? You don't know what's going to come in next. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, every day is a different day. You never know what you're going to be dealing with. You know, one minute you might be dealing with, uh, you know, this week we've bought some uh, bedside tables, you know, so random, but um, I've homed them. They, they were abandoned, so the customer left them. So then the uh, the shipping line took lien of the goods, so they took ownership of the goods. We bought them off the shipping line, uh, and we've rehomed them this week. So, yeah, it's every day's a different day. It's and brilliant. can you do that just sitting here, not having anyone out on the road? So you, you, you're sort of directing it. But, yeah, that's why our business models, are, you know, it's, 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 it's very good. You know, it, work, it works well. Um in terms of growing the business, now we're looking at taking myself out of the business a little bit more so we can actually grow the business because at the moment I'm operating the business, I'm not growing the business, and I am the business. So, you know, my brother works for me, Jez, now. Uh, my dad's now part of the business. My mum's part of the business. So we are growing and we're going in the right direction of where if I'm not at work one day, the, the operation's still happening. Um, but, yeah, the good thing is I can, I can work from anywhere. As long as I've got a mobile phone, I can, I can make a deal happen. I can see you. Your eyes are shining. Yeah, absolutely loving it, aren't you? Uh, You're listening to the Suffolk Money podcast supported by Kingsfleet. And our guest uh, this week, uh, a fantastic entrepreneur, Jake Slynn, Managing Director of the JS Global Group, hearing about the business that he has, running here from Ransom's Europark, but uh, at Epsilon House, but uh, but having fingers and, uh, and reaching all over the country and all over the world. I think that's the ambition, isn't it? Yeah, that's the end goal, you know. I when we were picking names back in the when we first started I didn't know what I was going to be called you know I said JS Global then we uh that was what it was first called JS Global and it was more because we wanted to get a global reach you know we want to cover the whole world this problem happens all across the world so why can't we be the the point of call for that 
you, just listening to you talking about that, I do sometimes think we're such a wasteful world. I mean, do you, do you think I mean, it's your money, obviously, as well, your business? Yeah, no, I, I, I think we are. And again, look, we're always looking to how we can, how we can upcycle um, and, and just, again, think outside the box. That's what we like to do. We like to think outside the box um, and, and problem solve. You know, if, if someone comes to us with a container of, let's say, fish, you know, fishes that have gone off, then we need to think how we can get that container delivered to, uh, to a recycling centre quick, um, cost-effective for the customer, um, and also, you know, for the environment. How can, we, how can we recycle that in the best way possible? Take me back to that young man then who was at school, because I look at you now, you're, you're confident, you're passionate, you know what you're doing, but, but were you not, was school not right for you? Was that not, not how you felt at school? I was always confident, you know, I was always the class clown. Um, my mum and dad dreaded uh, parents' evening. Um, because, that report. Yeah, 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 just used to dread, dread coming in because I was the class clown and that was more because I was bored. You know, I didn't enjoy school um, and I would rather go earn money. You know, I got caught multiple times selling drinks and sweets in the, in the, in the playground like you do. Um, you know, I just wanted to go earn some money. I don't know how I wanted to do, but I wanted to earn money. Um, so yeah, to school, school wasn't fit. I didn't fit in the school box as such. I didn't fit in that box of, you know, the normal person who goes to school and does well and then goes to sixth form and does well and, you know, gets a degree. That's just not me. And that's, I've just gone a different route. So what was your first money making business? Can you remember? Well, no, I, look, we, I used to sell, I sold all sorts at school out of the backpack, you know, energy drinks, Pepsis, Cokes, Dr. Peppers. Um, and I got caught in the end and, you know, and I got, I've been suspended from school again, from being the class clown, trying to make other people laugh. And, you know, but again, that was how I entertained myself at school. And I was, I used to hate going to school, not, you know, I had a lot of friends, I was popular, but I just didn't enjoy school. You know, I used to dread maths and things like that. And now, you know, I still, I'm still not the best of maths. I'm still not the best of English. I can talk to anyone. But again, I still struggle, uh, you know, writing down, writing down things. And I am dyslexic, um, which we found out, you know, sort of later in the school life. Um, but yeah, it just wasn't wasn't for me. I know you've been back to school since, haven't you? Because you uh, and you've already touched on it. You're passionate, aren't you, about about trying to encourage other people? You know, if you've got a passion, you, you want to be ambitious, then get on with it. Hundred percent. You know, I, I. Funny enough, I didn't go back to school because they didn't want me to go back. Oh, really? No. <laughs> so we did approach the BBC when we done the documentary. They approached my school, but no, they said uh, they apparently said they couldn't film or something like that. So I went back to my college because I went to college. I got a day release at college again because I was falling behind at school. They said, "Look, go to college uh, and learn motor mechanics," which I actually loved because again it was hands on um, and it was different. You know, it was more of a, a work environment which I enjoyed. But yeah, the the message I want to get across there is, I'm very keen on 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 drilling into people that school's not everything. You know, people go to school and and these kids are there's so much pressure put on these kids in school that you know if you don't do well in school you're not going to do well in life. You know, and even I was told at school that I'd be I'd my teacher told me one of my teachers told me I'd be on benefits. I can always remember that. Um, and yeah, and that that sort of motivates me. You know, that motivates me even more. But for any People listening to this who are, you know, either going through school or now leaving school, it's not the end end of all. You're very young still, um, so just you know, sit back, look what you've, look what makes you, what what, what drives you, you know, what you're fascinated by, um, what your passion is, and I think that takes you a long way just with those. 
Take me through those first years then. So you started off from your bedroom using your phone and, and making those links yep. and so on. How, how, how has it developed over time? Is that, how have you developed it? Have, have you taken advice? I'm not taking advice, obviously. So my dad's a massive role model for me um, because he's been in the industry for 40 or whatever years he's been in the industry for. Um, you know, I'd be a fool not to listen to him and, and to take advice off him. So he's always obviously guided me and helped me, not in terms of financially at all, um, but just in terms of, you know, uh, the, the connections, you know, trust is a massive thing in our, in our, in our, uh, in our industry. So trust, you know, he, he opened up a lot of doors for me in terms of, of, of disposal sites. So disposal sites who actually trusted me because of our name, because of my name. Um, and again, that's something that dad's always taught me from young is, you know, we've never, never burned bridges. You know, if the job goes wrong and it costs you money, then, you know, take it, take it on the chin uh, and you'll move on. You'll make it on the other job. Um, but it's always sort of delivering for the customer, making sure the customer's happy and putting them first. Um, but yeah, it, it, it started from the bedroom and it just grew. You know, we, we started to get more connections. Um, we started to do more, more lorry loads, more container loads of goods. And it's just like a snowball effect. You're listening to the Suffolk Money Podcast, supported by Kingsfleet, and this is Leslie Dolphin. So Jake Slynn is, is our guest today. We're talking about his business, which is, is it JS Global Group now? Have I got that right? Yeah, so it's a, yeah. So when we first started, it was, it was JS Global Cargo and Freight Disposal, but now we've diversed into the, uh, to the salvage market. It's the JS Global Group. Are you ever there when the, the container's open? Or, or are you in, in your office here? Or are you there? It's a bit like that. Is it Storage Wars on telly, isn't it? I've got that vision of that, that you open up to see what it is that you're going to have to deal with. Yeah, yeah. so if it's, if it's a container which has been abandoned for, say, five years, uh, the customer probably hasn't got much paperwork on it. So they say that, look, we've got a container here. It's saying it's, saying it's, it's got this X, Y, Z in. Um, but can you come and have a look? So yeah, it's a real surprise when you start crack open the doors and it's completely different. And again, it's you've got to think outside the box. Well, it's not what we were, were thinking. How can we get rid of this? Or how can we sell this? What's the thing you're most proud of having having found and, and then moved on? Oh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say, but it's more just like, I like a difficult container. I like something where we have to get our hands, in, you know, or we have to real have a good think about it, where we have to go around the table and have a good think about it, you know, something difficult, um, hazardous waste, or something, you know, where we have to make sure, or we have to go through certain hoops to, to dispose of um, in, the, in the correct way. But yeah, that fascinates me, and it's, it's a challenge. I like a challenge. How have you managed the business side of things? How have you found that? Um, I'm constantly learning. You know, I'm still learning today um, in terms of, of, of how business works. It is a, it's quite daunting in terms of if you're first starting out, you know, there's a lot of things to, to look at. You've got VAT, you know, your uh, incorporation taxes, um, you've, got, you've got lots of different taxes, um, you know. So I think the first thing is, is, is good, a good bookkeeper and a good accountant, which we've got. Um, and I've had him from sort of the start, Joe, he's brilliant. And he really helps me in terms of numbers, um, looking at a profit and loss and things like that which is important. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm always learning uh, about how to run a business. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a real learning curve. What have, you, what have you learned? What are the basics? I mean, you've said customer service is really important. 
Yeah, look, customer services uh, is is massively important. Uh, I'm quite I'm quite driven by pleasing the customer. You know, I like to go over the top, customer cuddles, we call it. So going that extra mile, which doesn't cost us any money in terms of, of financial, but for the customer, it looks good. It looks like we've gone the extra mile, which we do. Um, you know, so f- for instance, a, a container of goods being destroyed, um, instead of just giving the giving the customer a certificate of destruction, let's send them a video of the goods being destroyed for more evidence. Well, it doesn't cost us much to do that, but for the for the customer's point of view, that's brilliant. You know, and they'll remember that. Little things like that, they'll remember. Mm-hmm. So it's always about, yeah, delivering a real good service. How do, you see, how do you see the future? You said maybe you're going to have to get someone else to do your job in a way, aren't you, if you want it to grow and grow? Yeah, I'm trying to not take myself out of the business completely, but take a, take a back step so I can start building the business instead of operating the business, which I am doing now. You know, Jez, my brother, my older brother, he's, uh, he's now a director of the business. And he takes sort of the day-to-day operational side of it, where I'm now looking at how to grow the business, meeting customers, you know, going out on the road, trying to get out there more. Um, so, yeah, we're going in the right direction and we want to just, we want to tackle the world, really. You know, we do a lot in the UK, we cover the whole of the UK. Uh, we're now working in uh, in Europe, we do a lot of work in Europe. Um, but, you know, just try and get out there as much as possible. You started in your bedroom, so 2018, your bedroom. Here we are, 2023, in your lovely office here, uh, Ransom's Industrial Estate as well. So so 10 years on, what, where where would you like to be? Sold and on a beach. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? You wouldn't, would you? I no, no, no. Look, I, I don't think I'd ever retire because I love it so much. But, um, yeah, look, in 10 years, I'd like to be to be on a global level, doing what we do on a global level, having having offices maybe abroad, who knows. Um, but, yeah, just I just want to grow. And we are we are growing quite rapidly at the moment. We've maybe grown too quickly, um, you know, from where we started to to where we are now in terms of turnover and things like that. We yeah, it's it's going in the right direction. And is the world changing around you? The world of waste as well. Yeah, constantly. There's always new new avenues for how you can get rid of your waste. You know, uh, for instance, food. You know, food back in the day used to just go to landfill. Now food can go into a plant called an anaerobic digestion plant which, you know, we send t- thousands of tonnes into a year. Um, and again, that produces energy back to the grid. So it's a good for the environment and it's, and it's cost-effective for the customer. Um, but yeah, it's constantly changing, even with laws, you know, environmental laws. Um, so we try and work with the environment agency. Um, you know, we work alongside them in, in, in terms of disruptions and things like that. But yeah, we're constantly learning and growing. Would you like it to be able to get your own uh, apprentice and employ your own apprentice as well at some point? Yeah, which we're advertising for at the moment. Really? Yeah. Oh, go on, tell me more. Yeah, so we're advertising for an apprentice um, admin role in the, in the office basin here here in Ipswich, um, full time. Just someone who I want a mini me, really, um, but someone who's keen, you know, motivated, um, willing to learn. Um, but yeah, look, that can open up a lot more doors, I think, for them. But yeah, it's someone who's just. Keen to keen to work and to learn. So you're looking for an apprentice, but but having real problems getting hold of one. Yeah, we we advertised for an apprentice probably two to three months ago, um, and still no luck. So we've recently started this week. We we re-advertised on all platforms to show that we you know we're 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 looking we're actively looking for an apprentice to start the JS group. But yeah, we've 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 found it hard. Um, I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's a long time of the year, maybe. Um, 
but yeah, we're we're finding it hard to to find the not even to find the right person, but find any any applicants. You know. Tell me, tell me. You said earlier on you're looking for a mini me. Tell me what what would be involved. Do you do your thirty second plug for for an apprentice, just in case someone's listening. Yeah, well, uh, it would be you'd be involved in the, in the whole business in terms of every day's a different day with JS Group. Um, you know, there'll be there'll be filing. Um, you know, phone calls, deal making. Um, and you'll be you'll be with me. You'll be alongside alongside me so you'll be going down viewing containers uh, inspecting containers uh, bidding on containers um, and when we're saying containers it could be anything so your your day will, days will be you know real different completely every day so yeah it'll be good come yeah I just want someone to, to come and have an interview with me come and have a chat um, and, and see if they're the right person for the job you're a real inspiration, you know, a real driving force, and and your school. Hopefully, at some point, they'll change their minds. What would you What would you like to say politely to that teacher who thought you were going to end up with no exams or whatever? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd I'd like to shake his hand, but I'd love to go back to school and you know see some of the old teachers and to show them where I've come. You know, I'm quite proud of myself, and not in a big headed way, but it's yeah. I would, I would just like to to sort of say, show my face and and maybe show some other pupils who probably were in my shoes or you know a little bit not on the naughty side that you know school's not everything and you'll still be okay so that's leslie dolphin chatting to entrepreneur jake slim and what a fabulous story of drive and resilience Uh, my grateful thanks to jake uh, to leslie and to the team who helped produce this podcast. That's Joy Day, who ensures that everything goes online, uh, for Sally and Kevin Birch for their work behind the scenes. If you know anyone like Jake who deserves to be showcased, please do get in touch either on our website, through our Facebook page, or through Twitter. Facebook page, just look up Suffolk Money. Our website is suffolkmoney.co.uk. Any other ideas are welcome too. And if you can give us a five-star rating on your platform of choice, it would help more people get to hear about these inspiring guests from all over our wonderful county. Thank you so much for listening and do join us next time.